Hello, welcome to today's episode on blockchain and financial inclusion. I am Arun Krishna Kumar from Rhetoric in London, and I have Effie with me. Hello, I'm Effie Pilarino, fintech and blockchain advisor out of Switzerland. Uh, today we have Arman Rusta from Kitcoin. Uh, thanks for joining, Arman. How are you today? Doing great, guys. Arun, Effie, great to join you guys, and um, you know, love to share our story here on the show today. Arman, uh, please tell us about uh, what what you guys are doing at Kitcoin. What is it? What is it all about? Sure, sure. I'll, uh, the story goes back quite a bit. Um, about 20 years ago, uh, just kind of coming out of college, a little over 20 years now. Hate to uh, date myself. Um, coming out of college with a great education, living in a great city like New York, and for the first time, I was hit with paying my own bills credit cards, and all the things that obviously as young adults we need to do, balance checkbooks, things that we don't really learn in school. We don't learn this through all of the great things we do learn. That's one thing that typically we don't, basic financial literacy. And I found myself struggling, got into credit card debt, spent three to four years trying to manage this nice salary I was making and wonder why it's disappearing at the end of the month. And I was even having to dig into credit in order to kind of maintain the lifestyle that I at least set out for myself. Um, so it got me thinking that um, young kids, you know, it, from K through 12, from a very young age, need to get better educated on this so they don't come out into this real world shock. And so I started a business a long time ago called 401 Kid, where we tried to help parents plan and save for the future for their children. Um, fast forward now, I mean, that was a successful business in its own right and helped really mostly parents plan and save for the future of their children. Um, with KidCoin, with blockchain, with cryptocurrency, we've kind of evolved that model because we do see crypto as the future of currency and millennials and young people being the ones that are actually more in tune with using digital money, not needing to kind of have things in their hand, pieces of paper. Uh, they're just much more fluid with that. So we saw the opportunity to kind of integrate a blockchain component and really expand this kind of financial literacy lesson into a set of practical tools that could benefit kids and families alike. Very interesting, um, uh, Arman. When you say kids, you, you mentioned from the really early age of three or four years old. Can you tell us what kind of tools or, or medium you use to educate them. I assume they're much more digitally native than, than we are. And where does really blockchain bring in value to what you were doing before? Sure. Great question, Effie. And uh, for example, I have a three-year-old son, uh, Aiden. He's, um, you know, my whole world revolves around this little guy. And, um, you know, at the age of three, you see that he has the capability to understand value. And, and learn that, um, for example, um, if he wants to get what's the main currency for him, which is Tic Tacs and candy, he has to do certain things. and He has to eat his dinner and, you know, obey his parents, you know, in terms of his chores and tasks and go to school, things of that nature. So we kind of utilize that, you know, as a motivator, as a lot of parents do, uh, to reward their kids when they, when they do well. Um, and at a basic level, that's kind of the same premise that we follow all throughout life, you know, the way we achieve bonuses at work, et cetera. And so there's this concept called executive function, um, which, you know, as young people, think about a young child learning how to swim 
or ride a bike or go skiing, learn a language. These things are much easier for the brains of young people than they are as we get older. We get kind of locked and fixated our brains into a certain way of thinking. Um, so similar to kind of video games and online learning tools like ABC Mouse, that uh, where kids can learn basic things, math, numbers, letters. Um, we, we've built KidCoin kind of as a game. You know, we, we use this word gamification, where the kids can basically um, do basic chores and be rewarded with these tokens. The parents ultimately are the administrators and the overseers of how many tokens their kids will get and how they will be rewarded, whether it's an allowance, um, whether it's a bonus for doing, you know, excellent job at whatever it is, you know, school or extracurricular activity. Um, and then family and friends can also come in and participate to support each child with their goals. So we really try to get kids thinking about goals, whether they're setting the goals themselves or they're doing so with their parents, and then bring in a network. We call it a village. We say it takes a village uh, to raise a child, which is true, and it also takes a village to raise a financially savvy child. So so therein, you know, the other part of your question about blockchain is where the blockchain component comes in. There's things you can do with digital currency that you can't do with normal money. Like, for example, um, create certain boundaries and limitations as far as where and how they can spend it. You know, we're building our own ecosystem of vendors where the kids could spend their kid coin, spend their crypto with, you know, to buy real things, but allow parents to kind of set a ring or a fence around what they feel is appropriate or allowed for their own children. So, you know, this, you know, I call it smart digital money. You know, you can program it and create rules around it and also different kinds of reward systems that help to motivate the kids to not just save up to buy things, but also realize that if they save money and hold it, it can actually grow for them. Um, so again, gamified system, incorporating cryptocurrency and, and using this kind of smart money to kind of motivate their, the kids to develop good habits, essentially. Not just money habits, but just good, good life habits, like delay of gratification and kind of management of their own energy and resources. Do kids get to uh, negotiate with parents on your platform? Because my five-year-old does big time. <laughs> All, all of parenting, you know, uh, as, as any parent out there would know, is a negotiation uh, with your children. So what we do is we provide the tools and then we leave it up to, you know, the, the children and the parents to work together. But ultimately, as a child goes from 7 to 10 to 13 to 15, they need to start building that muscle to gain independence psychologically, emotionally, and financially. So... This whole concept we have, especially in the West, where, where you know, kids are sometimes over-entitled or over-sheltered. You know, we think we have to kind of protect our children, and all of a sudden they're 20, 21, 22, and still living in the house and haven't paid a bill yet, as I alluded to before. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really setting them up for failure, <clears throat> setting them up to put them in their late 30s and 40s still living in debt for paying off, you know, business school and different grad school debts. Nothing wrong with debt. I mean, debt is actually something kids have to learn how to be comfortable with and manage, but they have to learn that mental money math so they understand, you know, what they're giving up when they take on debt. Um, similar to paying bills. I don't, I don't think we should wait till we're 22 
to introduce children to the concept of bills. So we have some features in our application and our tools. Again, it's all gamified, but parents could allow kids to see their portion of, let's say, the internet bill for a house and actually, out of their allowance, pay a portion of it. Uh, of course, the parents are there to pay the actual bill, but you know, you kind of create this system where the kids see that they have some income and some expenses, and they have to learn how to manage that out intelligently. Do you also uh, uh, teach kids or um, help uh, kids learn how to save responsibly? For saving? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we encourage parents and we have the tools in our platform for parents to basically be almost like the way an employer offers a 401k. That's where the name of our prior business, 401kid, really came to be. It's about, you know, saving for the children's future. Uh, now, kids are very much geared towards instant gratification, right? So, they have short-term goals, and that's okay. But um, the more they choose to save instead of spend, the parents and other family members and even corporate sponsors and brands can reward those kids for being patient and saying, every dollar you save, we're going to match you. Every kid coin or token you save, we're going to match you with additional tokens and rewards. So building, again, that value of patience as well as the value of giving. And, you know, talk about, you know, inclusion. One component of that is obviously learning how to be, you know, generous. And one of the hardest lessons for young kids, I know with a three-year-old, is sharing, you know, what the other kid is playing with, that they want to hoard things. And the concept of sharing is a beautiful thing to see them learn, uh, although it's often <laughs> painful for them to realize they're not the center of the universe. And so we, we give and encourage um, with our tools um, both saving and and kind of donating, giving, um, and also in almost like a crowdfunding friendly kind of way. You can support your friends with their goals. So, you know, if your friend is saving up for a new bike, um, you can actually give him some of your tokens and say, hey, you know, here you go. You know, I see that you're 50% of the way there. Here's a little help on the way. Uh, or maybe someone less fortunate who, who needs to, you know, ask from sponsors and others help that they can't necessarily get from their own families. And where, um, where are you operating right now? Where is the live platform used? Sure, sure. So the prior company that I mentioned a couple of times now, 401Kid, actually had a platform up and running for about 10 years, between 2003 and 2013. Um, you know, we chose to kind of um, wind that down um, over the past, you know, several years because, you know, it was the opposite of inclusion. It was actually financial planning for primarily American families in tax-free vehicles like 529 plans, college savings plans, which is great, you know, for those families. But ultimately, it wasn't serving the kids and it wasn't serving the large segment of the population in the U.S. and elsewhere that can't afford to save because they're so busy and underwater with current debt. So we, we wanted to build something much more inclusive and global, um, which is why we had a major rethink over the last couple of years. Um, the actual KidCoin platform is going to be going into beta and available in the marketplace in November this year, so it's actually not live at the moment, um, we have prototypes that we're 
working and, and you know, testing ourselves with our development team and with a small group of kind of pilot, um, let's say, um, you know, families that are working with us. Um, but it's going to be available. We're planning for it to be available globally. Obviously, our, our main headquarters for our company is in the Caribbean, actually, in the Cayman Islands, where we have a small operation and, uh, and then we also have an operation here in New York City uh, as well. So um, obviously the U.S. market, Canadian, European markets are going to be uh, where the financial systems are well developed, are going to be some of our primary target markets. Uh, but we're certainly not le- neglecting, you know, Asia, Africa, the MENA region. Uh, we see as um, great opportunities for young people to learn the same skill that kids need to learn everywhere. Uh, basic financial literacy skills, whether you have, you know, whether your parents can afford to give you no allowance or not. Um, there's sponsors. There's, again, it takes a village. So there's always someone who's willing to help, um, whether it's through a donation or through some kind of reward. We are making kid coins available to, you know, children around the world. And actually part of the minting process of how the tokens are generated is when kids come and sign up on the platform. So um, we're planning on having a system that doesn't necessarily require, you know, formal uh, social security numbers and things that we have in more developed nations, you know, using facial recognition and other types of technology that allow the more unbanked population access. Um, We're planning on offering every child that's able to register some kid coins to kind of get them started with the process and then make available to them through sponsors and other contributors in all regions, uh, the ability to kind of earn tokens where maybe they're not able to get that, um, you know, through their normal, um, you know, day-to-day family setup. Um, Armana, I've got, got a couple of points here. Um, you mentioned um, about uh, families, multiple families that you're testing it out. And I can clearly kind of, it resonates a big time with me because I, I, I mean, I come from a huge family and cousins in Dubai, we cousins in Dallas, for example, all over the US. It's all across the world. The, the best thing about crypto is that now there's only one single currency. And every time when I have to gift uh, some cash to a niece or a nephew, I'm like, in what currency? How do we make so it's just a pain to just keep transferring stuff? It's just, uh, it's not, it doesn't work. It's, 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 it's hard. Uh, but the moment you see one single platform where we can all come together um, and gift, um, uh, gift to the kids, send gift to the kids, that's another angle that I can think of as a, as a, as a family man. The, the, the question I have here is, you mentioned about giving some uh, or being charitable and stuff like that on, or the kids can be charitable on your platform. How is that? Uh, how is that? Uh, what are the controls around it? So, um, how do how do you make sure that someone doesn't kind of uh, come in and uh, exploit that feature or functionality that you have? And uh, sure, sure. I think this is part of the beauty of the blockchain, being the type of technology um, system and the kind of technological minds that are coming into blockchain to create solutions for fraud and issues uh, of that nature. Um, You know, for example, using oracles, you know, is something we plan to do to have, you know, when you have people in regions that you can't necessarily control, but you reward those that are able to be, you know, effective monitors and moderators and distributors of, you know, let's say a big brand, let's say we sign with a big brand, let's say it's Lego, you know, in the US and they want to make sure that, um, they're rewarding KidCoin tokens to 
um, kids in, um, let's say, India, for example, and they don't necessarily have a presence. So through the use of oracles and other systems we build, we can, and we're planning to have kind of these fraud control mechanisms and also identity verification. We're working with technologies like Kairos, which has actually just been through an ICO, very, very successful ICO. It's a facial recognition technology. Um, and this not only helps make sure when kids need parental approval, you could kind of get, you know, both faces or, you know, different types of biometrics to verify that, uh, you know, kids aren't cheating the system. Um, you also want to make sure you don't have fraudsters out there cheating the system. So look, fraud's going to happen. I mean, it happens in blockchain. It happens in non-blockchain. Um, you know, the best you could do is have, you know, strong technology systems. And I do think blockchain, um, facial recognition, biometrics, oracles are, are just, just some of the kind of keywords and, and systems that we're deploying to, uh, to ensure that, you know, money goes where it's supposed to go. Arman, can you tell us more about the technology that you're building this uh, on and a little bit about the token economics that you've designed? Absolutely. So, Effie, um, well, I'll start with the token economics. Um, you know, our philosophy is that we want, you know, every child, you know, in the world ultimately to be able to have uh, access to kid coins uh, if, if they're introduced to it, if they, um, you know, come into the system by doing something as simple as signing up and kind of proving their identity at a basic level. And obviously parents will be doing this for their children, for the younger uh, segment, you know, let's say three, you know, we have kind of an open system where new tokens are minted um, up to a certain cap. You know, there is a max cap. We just reduced it recently. It's now 5 billion uh, kid coins, but that is, that's going to be the max potential supply. We're introducing now we're in a private sale stage and we do have an ICO coming over the next 120 days. Um, and our initial, you know, tokens that are going to be circulating is going to be 500 million. And that is split. There's, um, there's a segment we're keeping in reserve about 25 to 30%, a small segment for management and advisors under 10%. And, and then most of it going to the community to the actual, I won't even call it investors, I'll call them the initial customers, participants, token purchasers, which will likely be a mix of parents, children, and again, some corporate brands that may be interested in setting up what we call these micro scholarship programs where they reward uh, children that um, either help them with product research or achieve certain rewards that those brands want to kind of support. So uh, yeah, on a basic level, the token economics is, uh, you know, a small starting point, um, a max cap, and really the creation and generation of tokens through actual participation and the growth of the network. As far as the technology goes, it's interesting because trying to do everything and build this entire system in blockchain as, as you know, most, most leaders in the space, you know, I believe would agree at this point is is very cumbersome. There's a lot of components of blockchain, uh, including the transaction timings and just the congestion and some of the networks can make it very difficult to try to build an entire system in blockchain and make that actually a viable, uh, minimum viable product. So, um, you know, there's actually about 30% of our system, which is blockchain, and the other 70% are traditional you know, mobile technologies, you know, Java, you know, Python, Django being some of the actual uh, React Native, being some of the key technologies that we're using to build the actual mobile wallets and applications. 
Um, we, our token is an Ethereum-based token, ERC-20. We're le also leveraging the, uh, the Bitcoin uh, network as far as managing nodes and the way um, the tokens will be kind of shared and, and transferred, you know, between participants. So we're leveraging both Ethereum and Bitcoin networks um, for consensus method. We, you know, we're, we're leveraging proof of stake. And as far as blockchain technology, again, there's about three out of our eight key modules leverage blockchain. The main component for us is really the cryptocurrency itself. So Kitcoin itself being an educational tool, and as I said before, a smart form of digital money is really the main component of blockchain that we're utilizing. Things like smart contracts, obviously, when a brand makes a commitment to, let's say, offer $10,000 worth of Kitcoin um, as rewards to children that get good grades, for example, that's going to be stamped in terms of, you know, leveraging a smart contract. So simple applications of smart contract technology are included in the agreements between different players in the system. Um, but again, we're not trying to overcomplicate that. And what we see some people have done is, you know, over, over architecting or trying to um, force blockchain in where it's not actually the most efficient solution. So if a parent is offering an allowance to a child, for example, this is actually a debate we had. Does that have to be a smart contract between the parent and the child that actually eats up space in, the, in some kind of public blockchain or even private blockchain? And we concluded it's not really necessary. This is an agreement between parent and child, and there's a certain inherent level of trust there. Let's just use a normal, you know, uh, database operation and, and um, coding language for that instead of trying to be too too cute and, and argue that, you know, we're using smart contracts everywhere in the system. So we're using blockchain where we find it's most efficient, you know, the core cryptocurrency itself um, and just some of the basic exchange mechanisms for when you actually have to use your kid coin to now purchase something on another platform. So we have to do kind of like a spot rate exchange between Kidcoin and either another crypto or fiat. And those are the areas where, where we're, we're leveraging the blockchain technology as well as some basic smart contract um, agreements. Thank you, Armand. That, that was a great uh, overview of um, your, your project. Uh, since uh, these are our last minutes, we wanted to ask you some more personal questions. Sure. Uh, are you okay with that? Absolutely, absolutely. Bring it on. Great, great. So have you done any sort of roadshow uh, to visit kids at where they are, at school, at playgrounds, at all sorts of at Legoland, at Disneyland? I don't know where... You meet the, the kids and uh, done some meetups with them rather than with adults only and investors. Absolutely, Effie. You know, I um, you know, as I mentioned a couple of times, I have a three-year-old son, Aiden, and he's um, he's the center of my world now. So every every single day, I'm surrounded by you know him, his friends, his classmates. So informally, um, in my private life, um, you know, the the kid world and and. Um, uh, what goes on, you know, in the minds of these young people is, is, um, is something I'm connected to. But I would say uh, way before that, as a young person myself, I always gravitated towards children. You know, I, I was a student athlete myself. So from the age of 15, I started coaching kids in soccer, in tennis, 
um, and I and I continued, you know, teaching and coaching kids, um, you know, for at least the next 10, 15 years of my life. Uh, and ever since we started with 401 Kid back in 2003, we would actually look to host, not just educate the parents on planning and saving for the future, but bring your kids as well so we can try to just understand and, and impart some basic values uh, on them. So I believe, as I said, with executive function, it's never too early to start introducing kids to these lessons. So we are, um, our, our main roadshows we've done in the crypto space has been more on kind of the, um, the conference circuit where unfortunately there haven't been a lot of kid, kid oriented and friendly events. And we've actually started speaking to a lot of the conference kind of organizers. Uh, I'm not ready to start doing our own conference because that just takes too much work, frankly. And I don't want to take our eye off the ball, but several of the major conference organizers have approached us for, you know, this kind of kids on the block type of concept. And um, there's actually one coming up in Laguna Beach where they're doing um, block, what's it called? Blockchain on the beach. Um, in, in November. That's when I could share more information with you. I believe they're just putting their program together. And the founder, uh, who's one of our advisors, Anu, um, has a seven-year-old daughter. And so she's brought her daughters to, to watch me speak and present KidCoin a couple of times. And we're planning on having a very kid-centric track at that conference in November in Laguna Beach. So, so look out for more information about that. Halloween is coming up. Do you have any good ideas connected to, to kids coin for Halloween? Yeah, I, th I think there's this, this, you know, people keep using this term like kids on the block. So I think maybe a little boy band, uh, <laughs> you know, back in time, new kids on the block could be something interesting. Um, but I think uh, there's also the concept of superheroes. So we'll see if maybe we can consider coming up with some kind of kid coin uh, superhero character we, we don't have that yet but um i was gonna ask you that arman who's uh who's arman oh sorry uh aiden's uh favorite superhero he loves batman so uh you know some something about the mysterious nature of him uh and appeals to him and uh, so i think this halloween he might be uh might find him in a bat costume Arman, are you always wearing red? I also see the chairs in in your studio to be red. Is that the color? Uh, no, it's, it's, it goes between red and blue. You know, there's another agency that our marketing agency actually blue liner. So you know, we love we love the you know we love the strong, bold, uh, you know, powerful colors and uh, you know w whatever it takes to get your energy going on on a particular day. But I find you know red to be one of these. Uh, it, it's 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 a power and energy color. So uh, you know, when I, when I wear red, I feel like just getting stuff done and, and getting to work and, uh, you know, having kind of a bright and positive day. And it's, uh, it's 90 degrees here today in New York. So I think it's a good, good fit for the day. Um, I'm really jealous about that. It's, it's starting to get cold here in London. Sad note. I think that uh, uh, we will have to thank you for being with us today and sharing your journey. Once it's live, please do let us know. I would love for my kids to get on your uh, app. Absolutely. How old are your kids? My daughter is five. Uh, but I have quite a few knees and nephews. I can already think of uh, an application for this. I think your five-year-old daughter will be a perfect, you know, beta tester uh, for us. Super. Very nice talking to you, Arman. Thanks for Thank your time. Thank you, Arman. Take care. Have a great day.